This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Fifty years ago, the world was introduced to the phenomenon that was Star Trek. Popular culture was changed forever, and eventually it became six television series and 13 motion pictures. People from all walks of life have been affected by it. Their lives have been affected by the lessons and the philosophies that they took away from it. This is the story of those fans. Interviews with individuals who love Star Trek and believe that their lives are better because of it. This is their prime direction. Hey everybody and welcome to the Prime Direction. Uh, This month I've got a pretty good episode for you because I got to interview a guy that I've been friends with for about 20 years, Mr. John Irons. Uh, He is my co-host on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Uh, John and I worked together back in the day when he still lived here in Birmingham. He's since moved to Washington, D.C. with his family. But like all of you that listen to this podcast, he's been a Star Trek fan for his entire life. Uh, I enjoyed interviewing John because uh, we were able to kind of take a break from the show that we normally do together and just talk about uh, Star Trek, but you'll just have to forgive us if we get off topic a couple of times because <laughs> we tend to do that. But uh, And I wanted to take a, a second to ask you guys for a favor. If you would, uh, go to iTunes, give the show a five-star rating and a review, and I would truly appreciate that because it's going to go a long way toward getting some notoriety for the show on iTunes and help new people to find it. And of course, iTunes is not the only place you can find it. It's also on Stitcher, Google Play, and Spreaker. And of course, you'll always find the show at CosmicPotato.com. And I also wanted to give you a heads up on something that I'm working on. Star Trek Discovery is a show that's coming up very soon. Uh, We're a little over a month away from the launch, and I wanted to let you know that um, Rick Tatro and I will be hosting a podcast for the Simply Syndicated Network that will be an episode-by-episode review of that series. So I want you guys to tune into that, be watching my Facebook and my Twitter pages because I'll post links when we get everything started. So here it is, my interview with John Irons about his prime direction. So when I met you 20 years ago, uh, you were were living in Birmingham, uh, Alabama. So is that where you were from originally? Yes, I am uh, born and raised in uh, Birmingham, yeah. And you had a lot of siblings, right? Um, yeah, I guess a lot by today's standards. <laughs> uh, three, three brothers, three sisters, and I'm on the, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the lower end. So I've got one younger sibling, and everybody else is older than me. Yeah. Um, were they all uh, sci-fi fans growing up? No. Uh, <laughs> but I was no. It, it was this was. Uh, uh, this was born from my brothers, um, my oldest brother Raymond, and really all of them. But Raymond, Eric, and Anthony are my are my three brothers, all older than me. And Anthony is the closest in age. He's only a few years older. He's only a couple of years older. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Raymond and Eric. Raymond was like a nerd in like the traditional sense. Was a, he had he had glasses and was like you know, <laughs> yeah. genius smart, you know. Didn't really do sports, uh, you know. Uh, you know all, all your standard typical stereotypical nerd stuff. Um, right. And Eric was like a nerd undercover because <laughs> he was because he was cool or at least you know, I mean you know he seemed he always seemed cool to me. Uh, you know, he, he you know he, he danced. He was, he was like popular, but he was always like into sci-fi and comic books and Dungeons and Dragons. You know, like like Raymond. Yeah. So, so so I was I was uh, I almost had no choice. <laughs> I was yeah. I was well steeped in it, so that like I I, I you know it was an eternal 
uh, debt that I owe to them that, that just uh, built my deep and abiding love of uh, sci-fi. So you and I, you and I are both in our forties. So if you're talking about your older brother, then he would. You're talking about him being a nerd like in the early seventies, right? So, so he was a nerd when it really wasn't cool to be a nerd. <laughs> we, I mean, we, you know, it's not like I marched in any protest or anything, but I, I would right. say, <laughs> like the the tide kind of turned with us, I guess. Um that like we were kind of the first ones i guess like the john hughes kind of generation where you know nerds were still nerds but at least no no i don't know i don't i don't know (laughs) when or why it changed except for maybe those kids grew up and started making stuff yeah well i think when star wars came along it really kind of mainstreamed a lot of a lot of that stuff it, it, it made it for one thing it was more accessible for the people that liked it and it was more acceptable to the people that you know weren't as into it because just about everybody likes star wars in some capacity you know uh star trek you know maybe there maybe the original series not so much but as i i found in my teenage years more and more people were not so much Star Trek fans, but they knew enough about it that um, that it didn't seem like this far off thing. If you were a, if you were a nerd or a geek back in the fifties or sixties, you know you were probably into some stuff that most other people had never even heard of. You know, but well, what was your uh, earliest memory of Star Trek? Um, it's probably not the first thing I first Star Trek that I saw. But the first one that I really remember was the, um, um, what was the name of the episode? Uh, the, uh, the battlefield, like with the, the half white face, half black face. Oh, with Frank Gorshin? Yeah, right. Yeah. And, um, you know, <laughs> um, it was not subtle, but that's, <laughs> that's good because that means that I, you know, my little, my little, uh, my little brain could could grasp the metaphor and um you know obviously birmingham alabama is not the best racial history uh <laughs> <laughs> growing up uh, so uh like i said i don't know i can't say for sure that's the first one i saw it probably wasn't but it is the one that i remember as like really kind of planting the seed um that this show was really special yeah that that um you know that it would tackle i don't even think of it in 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 terms of tackling issues so much as wow can they do that can (laughs) right can they say that won't they get in trouble When did it? When did Star Trek really turn into something that you uh, found yourself kind of being more of a fan of? Uh, I, I don't ever, I don't ever remember not being a fan. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm like, yeah. My oldest brother is about ten years older than me. Over ten years older than me. So it was always there. Like there was like there were always comic books you know we there yeah. like there was always uh space 1999 and and buck rogers and you know uh star trek um but that those things were just like in the primordial primordial soup of john you know anyone who knows me like it's sci-fi puns and uh i don't know gaming the uh, the building blocks of my dna well you know most fans most fans our age kind of found themselves um becoming fans of star trek the next generation and then going back and watching the original series after that i mean you know i saw a few episodes when i was a kid but as far as really paying attention to it as being Star Trek, being a fan of something. It wasn't until after the next generation for me, but you, 
did, did you find yourself being a fan of the original series before the, the next generation came along? Um, yeah, I would say I considered myself a fan, but I also do think that I did it the way that you're talking about. I mean, again, I don't, I, I mean, I've, we've talked about this on the Cosmic Potato. I, I definitely consider myself a Star Trek fan, enough to know that officially I'm supposed to be a Trekker, not a Trekkie, but also enough to not really care. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't have, like, no Rick-level encyclopedic knowledge. Like, I, I can't, um, most episodes I can't name. Um, I haven't seen every episode of every show. There's some shows I've hardly seen any of. Um, and I and I and I guess I'm I'm like. It, and it's different. Like, you know, you're talking about like the, the kind of different how how nerds have transitioned. Um, like what is now like a casual level fan would have been a hardcore fan like back in the day yeah, yeah you know i can name like you know most of the characters from next generation most of the characters from the original series um ds9 uh, some from uh voyager some from enterprise which is yeah. you know now i'm you know it's it's you know I would I would say I am I'm uh, I'm like what like middleweight level. I think a lot of that comes with um, the time that we became fans because there wasn't as much stuff to be a fan of back then. Because uh, when I was in high school, I could tell you the title of every episode of the Next Generation that had come up to that point, and um, but as the years have gone by, you know, I don't watch, I don't watch the next generation as much now as I did. But then I was watching it every day. Now I watch it, you know, every few weeks or so I'll watch an episode or two and I don't remember a lot of that stuff. And, and some of the other, the, some of the other series, I, I never really learned most of the titles, but I was just thinking about this the other day. We've had, we have so many things now to be a fan of because just before the show, we were just before the show, we were talking about, I was talking about all the uh, video apps that I have on my phone. I have probably 10 different places that I can watch movies and TV shows on my phone. And uh, so there's there's a whole smorgasbord of things for me to pick from all the time. But when I was a teenager, it wasn't like that. You watched what You watched what was on TV that day, and that was pretty much it. Right. And you know what? I, th- I think the way that we consume it matters too now like uh you know because back in the day you know they they would they would show the episode um and then eventually when they ran out of episodes they would just do a rerun in that same spot right you know so 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 you would have um the you would you would they would do reruns like reruns don't even really happen anymore right um so so that so so you could see the same episode, you know, five or six times, um, and and you know, and let it get embedded. And now you basically um, not only do they not really show shows that same way, but I know I like for me if I'm catching up on a show, if there's a show I want to see, um, you know, I'll binge it. And so it so it doesn't you know it's it's much more um, ephemeral, like the the way that I interact with it doesn't it doesn't have time to like you know just get repeated and 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 sink in the same the same way. You're you're, you're looking for the next episode, and especially um, on shows that have continuing arcs, you know. And now, like even shows that I watch live. You know, I'll watch it, like like Walking Dead or Game of Thrones, or um, you know whatever shows that I'll watch. If not that day, you know, within the next couple of days, right? I'll see it when it comes on, and then I won't see it again. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been watching Supernatural now for. I probably started watching like season four or five, and they're like in season eleven. So I've watched every episode. But 
you know, I've only watched it that one time. Yeah. So yeah, like so like you're saying, like you'll see an episode and then you won't see it again. And that that's actually kind of a nice um it, it offers some nice surprises now. Because you did you will forget stuff. It's like, oh yeah, I remember this episode. Oh yeah, and, and so it it'll actually be and you'll kind of have a vague memory of what you think is gonna happen. Or like what the ending was, but you won't really remember how they get there, so you kind of get to experience it over again. Yeah, and I mean, and there, there's just, there's just so many things to pick from that you you feel like if you're going back and rewatching something that you're missing out on something else. You know, there's there, there's this other show that I should be watching, and I'm going back and I'm watching. Like right now, um, uh, I've been going back over the summer because there's not as much over the summer on TV. I've been going back and watching uh, some episodes of Breaking Bad. And that show is it's a really well put together show, but when I'm going back and watching it, I'm thinking, "Hey, there's this other series that I haven't caught up on. I need to go and and watch that instead." But I'm enjoying the Breaking Bad, so you know, but but yeah, I think that a lot of that is um we got used to watching those Star Trek episodes over and over because uh, the next generation had 270 something episodes, I think. And, um, and it came on every single day, especially weekdays uh, locally in, in Birmingham. So they would show, yeah, yeah they show an episode every day and they'd show the new ones on, on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And, and pretty much during the week they were showing them in order so you had almost an entire year you could watch the whole series and then when they would show the finale and then the next day they're showing Encounter at Farpoint again. Well, you've seen Encounter at Farpoint four times, but you find yourself sitting there and watching it again, you know, because it's Star Trek and it's what's on. <laughs> you know? So uh, when the next generation came along, um, do you remember when it actually started? If you were like excited that this new Star Trek series was coming, I do. I, I remember it. I uh, because Fox wasn't a thing yet. Like yeah, <laughs> like they were. Yeah. Oh my god, we're so old. But yeah, <laughs> like there were there were just three channels. I mean, and cable, but there were like three free channels. Right, and that was one of the tent poles of that was gonna you know like uh, um, validate Fox as a station was having Star Trek The Next Generation yeah and I remember thinking um, that phaser's too big <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> for the commercial like like that was, I was really, that's weird um, but yeah I mean I yes I, w- I was very much looking forward to it and uh, I was excited to see what they were going to do with it like again i i I consider myself a fan but i wasn't i wasn't so much of a fan that i that i had like this tight grip on the original series where like if they do something different they would screw it up yeah i mean obviously depending on what they did but um i you know i i i was willing to give them enough uh enough rope to 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 see where they went with it. Um, what about when that when that show came to an end? So it was on it was on TV for seven years, and then it ended in '94, and they announced that hey, we're taking this show off the air, but we're going to come out with a movie that'll be in theaters uh, in the fall. I think it was in the fall. Uh, so did were you were you excited about that idea? Because I was kind of like. I don't want this show to end. This is my favorite show, but I'm excited about this movie that's coming out. Yeah, I, you know, I will, I will go on record as uh, the Star Trek: The Next Generation finale. You know, still to this day is one of the best series finales, you know, in all of television. Yeah, and so. while I didn't want the series to end necessarily, you know, I also, I, I can't be mad at the way that it ended. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was, um, I was excited. Well, we're really excited, <laughs> you know, at, at the prospect of the movies 
Because as we all know, Star Trek movies, you know, could be hit or miss. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, and I feel like, um, first contact. That was the first one, right? No, the first one was Generations. Uh, yeah. You know what? I don't think I ever saw it. You never saw it, really? I, I probably saw it once out of obligation. <laughs> um, but the fact that I barely remember any of it and i can't confirm if i actually saw the movie or if i'm just thinking of scenes from the commercial yeah <laughs> but you know it's like i know everything that happens in it uh so yeah i don't i don't think i count that i, I think i probably saw it and it was bad well yeah i mean i'm not i'm not gonna defend it as being like this great movie or whatever because it's out of out of the four movies that the next generation did, I'd say Generations is probably the weakest, which is weird because it was the very first one that they did, which you would think would be what they were building their franchise on. Generations was kind of like, you know, the stuff that you want to do in a movie and then the stuff that you have to do. And Generations had a lot of boxes to tick off. So I, yeah. I think it got overwhelmed with... Okay, you've got to do this. They got to pass the torch. They got to give this person this yeah. and this person and this person and this person, and so it, it, you know, it it had a lot more weight on its shoulders, as opposed to um, first contact, which was, you know, just a really cool next generation episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, generations. When I go back and watch it, which I, I go back and watch all of them probably every couple of years, and. Um, when I go back and watch it, it's entertaining. Now, there's I have a lot of problems with it. You know, number one, why is it so dark? You know, because we, we know what the Enterprise looks like. We've been looking at the Enterprise bridge for seven years, and all of a sudden, just because you're on the big screen, you've got to make it really dark on the Enterprise bridge, almost make it look like a Klingon ship, you know, <laughs> like they're on the battle bridge the whole time or something. And, uh, and of course, you know, they, they change the uniforms again and, and, uh, change the communicator pin, which I can understand why they wanted to do all that. They, they wanted to look different than they did in, on the TV show. But, um, and then you bring, you, you bring Kirk back, which, you know, as a fanboy at the time, I think I was 16 when that movie came out. So, I was excited. Yeah, Kirk's coming back or whatever. Now I look back and I was like, there wasn't really any reason to make another movie with Kirk, you know. But uh, but yeah, but yeah, what you were saying about for, when First Contact came along, they had already they already had their first movie out of the way. They did the passing of the torch and all that, and they could just do their own movie. And uh, and whereas I said Generations was the weakest, I think First Contact was the strongest. I, yeah, it it is it is my favorite of the next generation film. Yeah, um, Jonathan Frakes uh, directed that and proved that um, he could he could direct feature films. You know, he he already proven he could direct uh, TV. But uh, what about Insurrection? What did you feel about that one? Uh, I thought it was okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, right. I I have a lot of people that I talk to about that and they don't like it. And and I look at it as the next generation had different kinds of episodes. They weren't they weren't all big action set pieces. You know, sometimes they were more of the 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 thinker. You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, again, I mean, there's problems. The main problem with a lot of these uh, uh, Star Trek movies is that when you have a movie, you feel like you have to have a hero and you have to have a villain, and um, and Sometimes in Star Trek, it doesn't really work that way. You don't necessarily have to have a villain per se, but if you're doing a film, they have to, you know, they have to, like you said, tick those boxes or whatever. And 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 in Star Trek, I feel like it wasn't really created to follow that format, but they're forced to follow that format when they're making a film. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really. I, I didn't really dislike any of the next generation films. I liked some more than others. Yeah. But they're all you know, I, I would say I enjoyed it as I was watching it. Yeah. You know, upon reflection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> upon reflection yeah. later. I was like, well actually that was kinda dumb. Well that was that was silly. We didn't 
<laughs> and yes, the data flotation device is coming to mind. Um, but I laughed in the theater. That was yeah, that was an inspiration. I was thinking that was Nemesis, but yeah, that was inspiration too. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I I feel like overall, um, uh, the next generation films have a better average entertainment value than the original series films. Yeah. The first movie, the first Star Trek movie I saw in the theater was uh, Star Trek Four. Okay. So I got I got really lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If if it had because I saw. Uh, uh, I think I saw yeah I saw the original Star Trek the motion picture on TV and I was pretty young and I got it but I thought as you know it's not even opinion it's basically fact that it's too long <laughs> <laughs> that there's scenes that there's scenes in it that really didn't need to be as long as they did yeah. and the, I like the V'ger twist the Wrath of Khan of course is fantastic and i honestly i don't remember it was a while before i saw star trek 3 yeah I, I definitely saw four and i think even five before i saw star trek 3 because i was like oh stock's back yes Spock's back okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah star trek 3 how do you come back there was a whole thing yeah it kind of falls into that same category as a uh, uh insurrection where people kind of remember it as being worse than it really was because uh, Star Trek three wasn't a bad movie, you know, Yeah, it, was okay. it, just, it wasn't, it wasn't as good as what had come before. So it kind of, you know, people kind of played it down. Oh, it wasn't, good. but it, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was, it was actually pretty good. I mean, you got, uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd playing a Klingon <laughs> and a pretty good one, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, you got a semi possessed McCoy. That was yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it really was. It was. It was an okay film, but it, but I think it also, um, you know, kind of suffered from. Well, we have to accomplish these things before the next movie. Yeah. Obviously, you know, they had to get Spock back. Um, but it, it was. I was. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I just didn't necessarily feel. Uh, obligated to see it yeah and in, in, in any kind of um with any sense of urgency yeah <laughs> yeah well uh okay so deep space nine came along while the next generation was still on the air um did you start watching that one from the very beginning i did i did um i i didn't really know what it was gonna be i think i i would i was i wasn't convinced it was gonna be good <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because, really, just because it was a spinoff, and not just like a separate thing, you know. But but I liked the way they connected the two series. Yeah. So I was like, okay, all right, well, oh, give it a shot. And and there was already, there was what six, seven main crew members on um, the next generation, and I was worried that. You know, at a certain point, because Next Generation kind of a little bit recycled characters from the original series. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was worried that that would happen again with Deep Space Nine. And I'd be, okay, so I, so that's the Kirk, and that's the Spock, and that's the blah, blah, blah. But they actually did come up with um, a, a bevy of... I mean, and there was there was a couple of that. There was there was a there was some of that, but for the most part, the the you know the the characters for Deep Space Nine, I would say, were were definitive unto themselves. And you know, again, it is it is my favorite Star Trek series. Yeah, just slightly edging out the Next Generation, just because um, of of the the way it interwove uh, science and religion and myth you know it was it was it was fantastic writing on that yeah how did you feel about the way it ended um it was a good ending it was not a satisfying ending 
but it was acceptable. Yeah. Like, like I mean, I mean, like it wasn't. It ended on a cliffhanger, sort of. But on a, but there was enough finality for it to be for for me to for me to okay yes that that is that is a, a legitimate ending to the series even though I want more yeah you know I'm I'm still hoping I would still love to see you know uh, you know the wormhole spit Cisco out <laughs> like, today if if he showed up in the in the um, in the Abrams universe I'd be fine with it like. I'm I'm still I'm I'm still holding out hope for that. I'm still holding out hope for um that Gynon will get an origin story. Okay. Because because there there's enough because there there are characters that um you know, travel through time. You could write it so that it makes sense, you know, enough sense, Star Trek sense that they would show up in whatever universe. They could appear on Discovery. <laughs> yeah. They could happen. Yeah, and um, yeah. I don't think it will. <laughs> I'm not holding out hope, quote unquote, in any kind of real sense. But yeah, I would love to see uh, because because they always alluded to um, you know Guinan as this powerful creature that even the Q were were you know wary of. I would love to see you know Whoopi Goldberg reprise that role. You know, she could be two thousand years old at this point. <laughs> Poke her head in to visit whoever. Tell Spock, oh yeah, Spock died. Sorry about that. You knew Spock? Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah, we were good friends. Um Yeah. Drinking uh, by D Space Nine and the way it ended when when the next generation ended, they knew that they had this movie coming up, so they had to leave all of the toys on the you know, on the on the board. They had to leave all the pieces on the board. D Space Nine, they weren't going to do anything else with it, so it was more of an actual ending. You know, they they could, yeah, we can take Cisco out of the equation and we can move these characters away. And by the time the show ended, I think Kira and um, uh, Kira yeah. and another another couple of characters, there were maybe three characters left behind at the end of the finale, and uh, and so. It just felt more like you were saying goodbye to this show than than the next generation did because the next generation, of course, we knew, hey, we're gonna at least get one more adventure in the fall and probably more than that, you know. So, yeah. Well, did you did you get into uh, Voyager and Enterprise? Uh, <laughs> I I feel like I gave Voyager a chance. Um. I watched probably the first season of Voyager and then kind of sporadically and I'll tell you when I was done with Voyager uh, as, as as far as like making a point to see it. I would still maybe kind of catch it every now and then but I, I've, I didn't like Janeway initially um and I say initially, but I don't want to give the impression that that that, that changed. <laughs> I mean, from jump, <laughs> from from the get go, I didn't like Jane. I felt like she was arrogant, and I felt like she was, uh, yeah, kind of yeah. a bully. But and you know what? Different captain, different ship. I'll see where they go with it. The 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 scene, the episode that. I was done with Janeway was when they, they picked up Seven of Nine and she's like, let me go back to my collective. And Jane was like, no. And she said, Seven of Nine said, you're all about freedom. You're, you say that you're all about freedom. You say that you're all about choice. I am choosing to go. I do not want to be here. If you really stood behind your principles, you would let me go the right. way that I want to. And I was like, okay, well, well done, Janeway. What's your response? And she didn't say anything. She just left the room. And I'm like, you know what? No, you. I don't know if I. I don't know if that is the character. I don't know if that was the writing that didn't know how to handle yeah. it. That is when that show lost my respect because Star Trek, for me, is part of what it's about 
is this conflict of ideas. Of uh, you know, there, there's always this kind of philosophies, this, this debate of various philosophies in various episodes, and I felt like that was a good place. That was a that was fertile soil for a debate. You know, uh, Kirk would have responded, and um, Picard definitely would have responded. He, he he might not have been right, but he would have said, "Okay, I get that, but right. here's my perspective." And she just left. And that's and that's when I was that's when I was basically checked out of that scene. Yeah, she kind of made the same sort of decision in that episode. I don't know if you if you remember the episode two Vix. People remember it as being a silly episode, but I, I watched it not too long ago. But uh, the the premise is that uh, Tuvok and Neelix get into a transporter accident and they merge together and become the same person. And, no, and yeah, but but it's not like. He's a completely new person. I mean, he has he has his own personality. It it's a different being, you know. And so uh, they go through the entire episode. I I think it actually goes weeks and months in because they don't know how to take him apart because they say it's kind of like trying to take the eggs and the sugar and the flour apart after you've already baked the cake. So you know, who, know. what actor is playing him? I can't remember his name. He I mean, it's not somebody that. But it wasn't either one of the. No, it wasn't either one of them. It was it was a completely different guy, and they just they they put semi Vulcan ears on him, and he had the Talaxian kind of haircut, and uh, even his uniform was a uh, was a a melding between a Starfleet uniform and one of those loud suits that Neelix always wore. You know, yeah, yeah. So they they go weeks and months in and show that he's kind of living his own life, and they're and they're. Um, accepting him as a member of their family and all this kind of stuff. Well, then Harry Kim comes along and says, Hey, I've figured out how to do it. I know how we can take, take them back apart. I know how we can kill this guy and get our guys. back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the, that, that was the whole question of this is a completely different person. Now this is, he's not Neelix and he's not Tuvok. If you take him apart, this person ceases to exist. You're killing this person in order to give these other two people their life back. And he was arguing, yes, they lived their lives. They got into an accident. They died. Now I'm here, and you're going to force me to die in order to give them their lives back. Nice. And she basically said yes <laughs> and, and and did it, you know. So, uh, yeah. So I, I had a problem with, with that decision, you know. But And that actually reminds me, I think there was a Deep Space Nine episode where... There was some kind of uh, time split or something like that, like a shuttle crash landed. But the, the, it was it was like there was there was some kind of temporal distortion, and basically the the crew of the shuttle both crash landed and didn't crash land. And um, in the one where they crash landed, they crash landed in the past, and. Mm-hmm. Um, like in this whole, you know, this whole civilization, well, not civilization, but this whole community of their descendants, you oh, know, yeah, was, was right. Episode, and yeah. and they were like, if we avoid this accident, we kill all these people. I'm like, no, we don't kill them. They just cease to exist. I feel, yeah. I, I feel like that, that was a, that's, that, and that, that made me think of that too, where it, this sounds more like killing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the two licks thing sounds. <laughs> So the the Tuvix you said it sounds more like Tuvix. Killing. Yeah. Yeah. This this would basically undo something, and and the question was, does undo count as, um, it never happened or, you know? Well, you can justify that as they would still exist in some alternate timeline or something like that, you know, but but yeah, you're this is straight up ex- execution <laughs> of someone that hasn't done anything wrong, you know, but. Okay, so so what about by by sheer coincidence they did? Um, I I guess it's maybe Fourth of July or something. Recently, there was like a marathon. Not that it matters. I mean, they're all you know on demand all the time, all streaming. Yeah, but um, it was like the final episode where they get back home, and I watched it just because I knew it was the final episode. I was like, yeah, how did they get back home? Did they get back home? Yeah, let me, I think they got back home. Let me, I didn't watch it again. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, they got back home. So I I, I feel like I I, <laughs> I saved myself a long journey that I didn't necessarily need to take, and I'm fine with yeah. that. And I, I I just skip to the end. Yeah, it, I mean it wasn't Voyager wasn't a bad show. There was there was some of some of my favorite episodes of Star Trek are Voyager episodes, but there is a lot of stuff like that that you have to be able to get past in order to uh, in order to enjoy the the good stuff. Yeah, but, and you know I, I was saying that my my concerns about Deep Space Nine being a spinoff, um, but. I, I guess that kind of passed on to, to Voyager as well because it you know it was um, because I liked the concept okay the you know the ship is is you know half Federation half you know Marquis rebels but they're they're stranded you know and well they kind of drop they drop they kind of dropped that pretty quick did they I mean yeah yeah they they started it that way and it played out through uh, a lot of the first season that way. But most of what followed after that, the the whole Maquis part didn't really play into very many of the plot lines See, that's, after that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I didn't necessarily need, you know, I didn't want, like, sabotage on the ship every week. But I yeah. did want, um, you know, for me, the, the, the hope would be that, um, okay, these different groups of people would bring their different perspectives and their different philosophies and yeah. okay i know this is the federation way but you need to look at it this way you need to see this perspective and like and and that to me would 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 bring like more interesting character dynamics but in order for that to work you know you can't have Janeway. Janeway. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can't have someone who's just gonna bigfoot over everybody else's you know right well let me ask you uh about the uh the kelvin timeline all right what do you what do you think about the uh the jj abrams universe uh i like it i you know um i think you know we talked about on the guilty pleasures cosmic potato episode uh yeah yeah i I think they're fun i think they're um i think their characterizations of uh you know these men and women that we know and love is uh you know, I feel like he captures the, the, the spirit of them, which is almost my only requirement. Like, there needs to be, you know, decent writing. I don't think the plots are necessarily great, uh, but the movies are entertaining, and they're smart enough. And, the, and, and it's really, I am, I am into this Star Trek way more for the characters than I am for the science fiction of it. Mm. Um, I, I felt like... Uh, Next generation, it was probably fifty-fifty. Like I felt like they 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 served both of those uh, meals to me. Uh, right. But the the the, the Kelvin universe is it's 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 really about the characters. It's about seeing Kirk and Spock and McCoy and uh, not so much Chekhov anymore. Rest in yeah. peace. But yeah. you know, seeing seeing um, and Uhura, seeing them deal with whatever the situation is and it's not there's not a little i mean you know the the last movie i thought was really fun i thought it was a good movie but you know the plot was thin and kind of confusing like <laughs> like you, you almost had to kind of overlook the plot like, what why did he okay whatever whatever oh yeah. cool explosion cool trick cool gadgets <laughs> cool soundtrack you, you know it's like if, if you're if you're if your mouth's expecting soda but you get milk then it's horrible <laughs> but right. if, you, if you go in knowing that it's milk then it's fine well i i'm not you're not you're not gonna hear me com- really complain about those movies you know the the second one i did have a lot of problems with but overall i've enjoyed what i've seen i know going in that it's not gonna be what i'm used to you know, it's going to be something updated. But when I went to go see Star Trek Beyond, you know, I was, I was just I was sitting there in the theater, and the previews hadn't even started yet. And I and and I said to myself, you know what, I'm about to watch 
a new Star Trek. <laughs> you know, I'm about to see a new Star Trek story, which is not something that we that we're able to say very often these days. You know, that's that's why I like Star Trek Continue so much because they uh, because it's it's a new story that we're able to get every you know few months or so, and they do a really good job of capturing the uh, the essence of the original series and really make you feel like like you're watching that old uh, that old TV show. Yeah, it took it took me a while to start watching those, um, and not for any you know particular reason. Just like just like you said, this is like just just too much stuff to watch. Yeah, and because it's on YouTube as opposed to you know Hulu or Amazon or Netflix or one of the things that I normally watch on, it's 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 not like one of the first things I think of, or was one of the first things I thought of. Um, but yeah, I think that I think it's I think it's great. I will be. Um, I will miss it when it's gone. I, I am. I will be. I, I understand that it is ending and it needs to end. It wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't work otherwise. But yeah, I'll. I'll definitely. Um, because it's always nice to see a labor of love. You know, yeah. it's, it's always it's always nice to see something um, creative that's done. You know, really just out of a sheer passion or a love for the thing and a respect for the thing and not because you know not because they're trying to outdo it or upstage it or put some you know fresh funky twist on it but just because you know what this thing was awesome and I want to show the world how awesome I think it is and as, and as, yeah. as an artist, like I, I always appreciate Sam. Yeah, and they do it right because they, it's not just uh, recorded with uh, with an iPad in your garage, right? You know, yeah, no, they, they, they took they, the time to to make it look as much like the show as they possibly could because they could easily. I mean, the original show was made in the '60s. They could easily. I could probably make something that's more advanced just using my laptop. You know, but but they really take their time to 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 make it look really good, but to also make it look as close to what we had before as they as they possibly could without upstaging it. You know, and they really like. You know, it, it's not like the the actors look, you know, especially like the actors from the original show, but they they like you can tell they they really studied those actors they like you know especially um vic like he like his 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 portrayal of kirk or his portrayal of um shatner as kirk if you want to put it that way is it's dead on you know and it's not and it's not a parody like like you see so often it's not you know he's not making fun of it it's not um oh yeah yeah it's not you know a joke it is sincere, and I, right. and I I love that. Yeah. Well, are you looking forward to uh, Star Trek Discovery? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're cautiously optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, like you know, you can you can put this on that same pile as uh, Deep Space Nine or or Voyager, um, and we didn't we didn't really talk about Enterprise. I thought I, li- I liked Enterprise. I thought it, I thought it was. I thought it was good, but again, it was. I didn't feel, for the most part, I liked every episode that I saw, but I didn't yeah. feel compelled to see every episode. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, Enterprise was Enterprise was kind of. Uh, it wasn't really given the chance to become what it could have been. You know, it was the the network choked it out. <laughs> um, it was on UPN. Yeah, um, they were. They wanted so bad to begin to start that show and make it look different than uh, than what had come before that they didn't even put Star Trek in the title for the first, at least the first season. It may have been the second season as well. It was just called Enterprise. And, and then they had a theme song instead of just theme music. You know, they had a song, which if you go, if you go back and you watch the, um, watch the opening credits on mute, the opening credits are awesome. And that that song ruins it. <laughs> you know. 
I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um but yeah, that show was being choked by the network, the network telling them, Hey, you have to do this, you have to do this. And then when they finally kind of let up a little bit in the fourth season, they'd already lost so many viewers that um that it just it got canceled that after that fourth season. So did they did it, they get like a real ending? No, no, not really because the I mean they they did have a finale. It was filmed as a finale, but it was it they made it into an episode of the next generation because they had um Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis. Sier- oh, right. Uh they came back as Riker and and Troy and they made the whole final episode a holodeck simulation that Riker was playing around in. He was pretending like he was the chef on the ship and he was watching all this stuff happening around him. And kind of it kind of sort of insinuated that the entire series had been a holodeck simulation. <laughs> you know. So that brings into the question that, you know, because Trip, the uh the the first officer not the first officer, Trip was the um Chief, en- he was the chief engineer, right? I thought he was the chief engineer. I think he was the chief engineer. Anyway, he got he got killed. He got killed in the in the finale, and it pl- brings into question if he actually died because in some of the novels that came out after that, he was still alive because they were saying that that last episode never really happened. It was all a holodeck thing that Riker was doing. So. Um, which meant I meant to ask you earlier. Have you ever read any of the novels? Um, I've read a couple. Uh, yeah. I cannot yeah. tell you what they were. I, I remember. I just remember one line that made me laugh out loud. Um, I don't remember what the plot of it was, but um, it was it was it was a next generation um, book, and. Um, I think the Enterprise encounters some, some diplomatic whatever, or or they're like on a rescue mission. But anyway, the, these you know they encounter these people, and Worf doesn't trust them. Um, but everybody else is like you know give them the benefit of the doubt or whatever. And I think there's some device that ends up being dangerous. And at the end of it. Um, Everybody's kind of going like, well, I guess we learned this lesson from this, and somebody says, "I guess we learned this lesson," and Worf says, um, "I learned something too," and everybody's kind of really, Worf, what did you learn? I learned that if you had let me shoot things when I wanted to shoot them, we would have avoided a lot of trouble. Because <laughs> it's like two or three times, like we should just shoot this thing, we should just shoot this person, and everybody always talked him down. But it turns out he was right. Well, there's a video on YouTube that you can go to that. It's just a compilation of Worf giving his opinion and being told no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> because, because it happened a lot on the show. He would say, we need to do this. And Picard would say, no. And then they would do the next thing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so That's fine. Like, I, yeah, that never... That did happen a lot, but that didn't really bother me. Because, uh, unlike Janeway... You always got the sense that um, Picard would listen to everybody's opinion. Like, it is, you know, the the security officer's chief concern is this. The medical officer's chief concern is this. So, the, the you know, the, the counselor's chief concern is this. And first officer is worried about this. So, it makes, it made sense to me that they would all give him, you know, I think we should do it this way. I think we should do it this way. Yeah. Depending on yeah. what their primary mission is and then you trust Picard to you know to consume all that information and perspective and you know weigh it all against each other and and spit out his command based on like taking everything into account unlike Janeway who just did whatever the hell she wanted to do (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. um well what I okay so going back to uh uh Star Trek Discovery um I was asking you if you were looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it. I, I, you know, I like a lot of the actors in it. It looks good. Um, you know, I, I yes, I'm going to watch it. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, but as always, you know, 
for for good or bad, I I, I reserve any opinion until you know. Because right. again, I, I don't right. I don't look at a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Once once I know I'm gonna watch it, I don't I don't look at a lot of that stuff because I don't want to um, <laughs> discover. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that that might be a treat, you know, if I watch, if 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 it comes up over the course of just watching an episode. As a Star Trek fan, we're constantly exposed to little tidbits of philosophy, life lessons, things like that. So what do you feel that Star Trek has done for you in your life that has made your life better? I think this um, this outlook might have been inherent to me anyway, but uh, Star Trek definitely, I feel like, validated and kind of confirmed it. Because, like, the this the, hopefulness that, you know, growing up in the 80s, you know, uh, it seems almost silly now, but it was like all nuclear war all the time. Like, it, it was... The, the threat of it was constant and it was, you know, it was almost like an inevitability that there's going to be a nuclear war, that Russia's going to attack or the U.S. is going to attack. You know, it was all over. Yeah. And yeah. Star Trek was one of the few glimpses of the future where, like, no, we're going to be okay. Not only... um you know, are we going to get past this? But we're going to solve all these problems. We're going to solve all these problems. And the idea that, yeah, we're different in this way and we're different in that way. But, you know, for every one way that we're different, there's a thousand ways that we're the same. Um, I Like, that to me was one of the, if not the core philosophies and, and kind of... Um, uh, perspectives of, of Star Trek and I definitely you know uh, feel that like just in, in my daily life it's not <laughs> it's not always easy yeah but it I like I do think it's true you know and it it you know I more than once have been accused of well, why don't you just pick a side? Because because you're both a little bit right. Like, Ben, you're both a little bit wrong. Like, it, it, I don't. It's less important to me who's right than we solve the problem. You know what? Yeah. If I if I were to boil it down, it would it would it would be that. Like, I, I feel like Star Trek is the future where that happened, yeah. where they kind of quit arguing over who was right, and they're like, okay, but let's just let's just put our heads together. You know. The language you speak doesn't matter, you know, the gender you are doesn't matter, the race that you are doesn't matter so much. The problem is the thing. How can we all work together and solve the problem? Yeah. And uh, Star Trek was like the f- first show that I saw that, I mean, it, it obviously it's not proof, it's not fact, but in my mind proved that that could really work. And, um, side note, um, as, as a kid, there weren't a lot of black people on TV. Mm-hmm. And I, I know intellectually, um, that, you know, Nichelle Nichols, um, broke barriers and she should be honored for that. And she should. Yeah. But that's not why I was watching her. <laughs> she was super hot. <laughs> She was yeah. super hot, and the and the skirts were short because you know the sixties dress like, like all the uniforms. God bless those Starfleet uniforms. Um, so yes, yeah. while I, while I am aware <laughs> of the of the social the social impact and the social relevance, um, I was also a teenager and I was aware of uh, booties and boobs. <laughs> And I don't think one is less important than the other. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they're all part of the formative years. The Prime Direction is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. 
It can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and of course on our website at CosmicPotato.com. Please be sure to leave us a review wherever you find the show. That will go a long way toward helping other people find the podcast. Every fan has a story. If you would like to come on the show and tell me the story of your Star Trek fandom, send me an email at mail at CosmicPotato.com. Remember, there are a lot of people that want to be on the show, so please be patient, and I'll write back to you as soon as possible. Thank you for listening to the show. Be sure to look for more episodes as I continue to bring you more stories of Star Trek fans and their prime direction. <laughs>